Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome to Lockheed Martin Spacemakers. We live happily well beyond the bounds of gravity. The podcast that takes you out of this world for an inside look at some of our most challenging and innovative missions. We're working on habitation technologies to protect people, whether it's in orbit, whether it's on the moon or on Mars. In season two, we explore Lockheed Martin's bold vision of a future that we call Space 2050. I think about autonomous swarms on the lunar surface building new habitats. For a lot of those astronauts, they're going to have to do processing at the edge, especially as we go to Mars and other places further out. We give you an inside look at the innovations we are developing to make that future a reality. We're going to need to end this complete dependence on coming back to Earth. We just have this drive. It's in our DNA to go, to explore, to learn. The end isn't even Mars. To me, the goal is the edge of the known universe. Because getting there is just the beginning. It's the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, This is a political edition of the Let's Go Eat show. We're going to be talking to uh, mayoral candidates. Uh, and uh, we'll introduce the first one right now. Uh, as usual, we're recording here at the Daily in downtown Salt Lake City. What is it? Two, two twenty-two, South Main Street, right in downtown Salt Lake City, in the uh, in the uh, uh, the building where all the finance guys are. Uh, so our um, first candidate, you're the first one we're talking to, Jim. You know, when I sit here, I uh, it, it's one place in Salt Lake City that. You can look out the window and see the tall buildings and imagine you're in downtown Manhattan. There's just a... It is nice, isn't it? It's a wonderful spot in space right here. Okay, now I'm going to ask a technical question here. Is he registering okay? Because I can't... I can hear myself really well. I just can't hear him that well. That's what I want to make sure we're doing. I hear that I'm in a... In a, a, a Everything's good? Okay. That We're not editing this part out. We'll just keep going. Uh, so, Mr. DeBacchus, running for mayor, let me just introduce you in terms of uh, you were a uh, state senator for six years, I believe. Was that that's one term, one and a half term? Uh, I took over for Ben McAdams. That's right. Uh, so you took over for Ben McAdams. Uh, you uh, before that you were uh, head of the Democratic Party for a while here in Utah. Right. Uh, you uh, helped found Equality Utah. Helped found the Pride Center. Yes, yes. all of that. That's that's correct. Okay. So and and you're uh, you're described uh, in in uh, in some publications as bombastic. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I pretty much would agree with that. But I think I think you need to look at the roles that I've played. You know, I, 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 if you meet me, nobody's ever come back from an airplane trip sitting next to me and said, gee, that guy's bombastic. Never shut up. Or, you know, mm-hmm. in other yeah. words, there is a role for the only senator that really has 
an incredibly progressive district that goes above mm-hmm. and beyond passing bills. It is to be the spokesperson for everybody in the state. Yeah. And to put out the progressive message for everybody. So in that role, it means you end up on television and you're talking about Medicaid expansion and you're talking about medical marijuana and you're doing it in a louder voice than anybody else. Because frankly, a lot of the other Democrats, even though in some cases it's not true, they feel like I better not, better be careful. Mm-hmm. You know, I better not speak up and mm-hmm. speak out because uh, I've got a lot of Republicans. That's never the situation in this district. It's gerrymandered, this downtown Salt Lake district. So I felt the responsibility, both as party chair and as a senator, to be that voice for people everywhere in the state. The mayor's a different job. The mayor loves everybody. The mayor is saying, hi, how am I doing to everybody? The mayor doesn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or whatever you are. He's saying, welcome to our city. How can we help you? It is a, and that's the first, that's really the question I want to ask you is why you want to, why you want to be the mayor of Salt Lake. And I think you're starting to answer that already. And it, it's a, it is a technically a nonpartisan, uh, that you are not assigned Democrat or Republican as mayor of Salt Lake. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So you are the voice for everyone. Why do you want to be Jim DeBacchus, the mayor of Salt Lake? No, I see the job in two parts. One is... One is running a $330 million corporation with 3,000 employees. I mean, that's a serious mm-hmm. matter. And so I am I'm, I'm looking in that, and I ask myself, can I do that? What skill set do I have? And I believe that I've got that covered. I mean, when I, I arrived here with zero money, um, in, when you arrived in, in Salt Lake City, in Salt Lake City, from yeah. where? From Provo. <laughs> where were you born? I mean, are I mean, you are you I, a, you a Utah boy? No. So I grew up in Massachusetts. When I was mm-hmm. seventeen, I arrived in Utah to go to BYU. Went there, mm-hmm. came this close to graduating, and they said, "Are you a homosexual?" <laughs> um, Just asked you right out. <laughs> yeah, security. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they called me in, and mm-hmm. right, it was it was before right before graduation, and. Um, I was a kind of gold star woman. I never had sex with anybody, you know. I mm-hmm. never had any coffee. But nonetheless, that ended PYU. So right. one day I was at PYU. The next day I packed everything in this old junky car that I had and headed to my new home, Salt Lake. I, I didn't know a soul. With literally. no money. I had about 100 bucks, maybe a little more. I called my dad the night before and he said, look... I can help you with 35 bucks a month the way I've been helping you your whole career, but you know, mm-hmm. we don't have any money. So, so, and all that is leading to, from there, I worked at a radio station, a mom, pa radio station, and as a volunteer and ended up as a partner in a small chain of stations. And when the FCC deregulated everything, um, we sold them, and I, m- I made a lot of money. You made some money. I made some money. It was a good time. Took off, moved to the emerging communist Soviet Union, and saw, uh, with my now husband, incredible opportunity, and started kind of an entrepreneur fund, and built um, built a big business. Buying, that way. buying, and selling art, as I recall, a lot of a lot of that. That my passion, my soul was in buying um, Soviet art, but 
I was involved in movie theaters and car washes and the first wave of entrepreneurship oh. things mm-hmm. in Russia. And I really don't talk about that. You know, it yeah. really wasn't it really wasn't pertinent to being a senator. But it's really important to understand that first and foremost, whoever is the mayor needs to be able to read a spreadsheet. They need to know how to deal with employees. They need to know how to hire. They need to they need that, that business background so that the potholes get filled and filled efficiently and that the day-to-day routine of running the, the mayor, I think I got that covered. What's the biggest challenge of being the mayor of Salt Lake, do you think? What challenge does Salt Lake face? So the, the second part of, about that job of being the mayor is do you, have the, do you have the heart for it? Do you really understand the city? Are you comfortable going to the Georgia apartments as they're closing mm-hmm. them down and talking to the people? Are you, are you okay at Rose Park Elementary School? As I went for a whole year every Thursday to, to spend an hour with the kindergartners and an hour with the fifth graders. Are you, do you have the heart for it? So you can't, it's not just reading the, red, it's reading the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. It's also having been immersed. I quit all my business. I quit everything eight years ago when I got into politics. And I've loved every minute of it. But that added to the spreadsheet, I think, is that I think it makes me qualified for the job. You know, and people talk about the challenges facing Salt Lake. They talk about air quality. They talk about homelessness. They talk about affordable housing. Uh, And and everybody gets, everyone who's running for mayor um, gets asked those questions. And questions about transportation, the inland port, all of that. Uh, I could ask you those individual questions, but I think maybe you have a broader view of that whole thing. Uh, the whole thing that as it relates to Salt Lake. Talk about all of that a little bit, if you But would. you're exactly right. You know, my job as senator was to stand up and to defend the 203,000 people of Salt Lake City that are a lot of times under assault. We have a kind of political party machine here, and they make a lot of decisions behind closed doors. And whether it was uh, legalizing uh, medical cannabis or... Um, Medicaid expansion or whether it was so many things, Equal Rights Amendment, pick it out. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was my job to stand up. But as I look now at the job, when I left, uh, Senator President Niederhauser, who was president of the Senate, called me the last day I was there into the the hallowed Republican caucus. (laughs) Mm-hmm. which I had always dreamed about being in, because that's really where the decisions are made, <laughs> sure. in the closed caucus. So he said to Bacchus, yeah, we wanted to come down, and we haven't done this before, but we wanted to tell you how much we're going to miss you. And while you're wrong most of the time, <laughs> there's nobody in our caucus who has a bad feeling about you. We consider you a friend. Senator Hinkins from Coal Country looked over and said, yeah, Bacchus, I just wanted to tell you that I never hated you because you're gay. I hated you because you're a damn socialist, you know. And, <laughs> and Weiler made some wise-ass comment. And it was it was kind of the epitome of, of what is hardest about the job of being the senator. Because you need those relationships, but you also have a responsibility to stand up for this blue bastion of Salt Lake City. And too many Democrats, let me tell you, 
they've got Stockholm syndrome and they go lay mm-hmm. in the corner and they get kicked and they declare big high fives over nothing to show, yeah, we're relevant and we're doing something. And I understand that and I won't criticize them, but well, I you just, just did, Jim. <laughs> I won't criticize them by name. Oh, okay. Let me say it that way. Okay? <laughs> All right. I'll okay. just say sometimes, mm-hmm. come on, you guys, stand up. It, it, you know, but the Inland Port is really the prime example of what you're talking about. It's the, uh, the state legislature saying to Salt Lake, which is basically a liberal stronghold in a conservative state, they're saying, you know, s- screw you guys. We're taking this land from Salt Lake, and we're going to do whatever the hell we want with it. And uh, uh, and and somebody's going to make a lot of money, but it ain't going to be the people on the west side that's going to make a lot of money from it. Oh, but it'll bring jobs. No, it'll bring more lung disease. It'll be bring more. You know, uh, it it is just it is just a patent grab of land and power. So how do you? This is so. I sat down with Mike Levitt the other day, the former governor. He was the HED secretary, health and human HHS secretary. He was the head of the Environmental Protection Agency. And we sat down for almost a couple of hours, and he said, Tobacus, look, remember something. He said, you're not unique in Salt Lake City. That is, there are many, many large, particularly capital cities that are blue, surrounded by pretty red suburbs Mm -hmm. and totally red rural areas. Mm -hmm. He said, so... What you've got to do is figure out how to stand for the values of the people you represent so it looks like you're not retreating. And yet, you also, if you're going to solve any of those problems, homelessness, if you're going to solve air quality, affordable housing, and, and transportation, you've got to be able to deal with those red people. Yeah. You, ju- you just have to. Mm-hmm. So I think that is the special ingredient that I can do. I have right now on my cell phone the phone number of the person who's going to be the next governor. You know, uh, once Gary Herbert is out of the way, and believe me, that'll be a good day for the state of Utah. Um, But Spencer Cox, Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas Wright, who's the Republican Party chair and might well be the next governor. He's kind of a dark horse. Certainly Greg Hughes. I don't. I actually don't have Huntsman's number because. But these knows are. Where yeah, he's in but these are guys land. that you can talk to. I know them. Yeah. I called John Huntsman and said, "Look, uh, the equality dinner this year is in big trouble. We're, we're not selling tickets. Will you come and and be the first Republican official ever to speak to an equality group?" He said, "Yep. Tell me the time." Uh, this this year, this fall? No, no. This was the several last... several years oh, ago. Several years yeah. Ago. Okay. Or Spencer Cox. Spencer, look, our community, our LGBTQ community is downcast. Look what happened in Orlando. We're having a gathering. Mm. Will you come? Will you talk to us? Mm. And he did, and it went viral. Thomas was the Republican Party chairman while I was the Democratic Party chairman. We used to ride together to debates, much to the chagrin of people in Logan and Mm. in Cash and in uh, coal country and he's whatever. A nice, spent, uh, Wright is a, is a nice guy. Thomas Wright is a Thomas nice Wright, great but, guy. But uh, my, my point here is we're not going to solve homelessness without that $80 million from the state. Mm-hmm. So somehow you got to walk the line. You have to stand up for your principles, but you also got to be able to go in the back room say Spencer you got to help me on this what's going on or Greg what the hell have you done you've and been uh, some people who criticize you and say you don't really you don't really want to do the work of being the mayor you just want to be 
the mayor. But I think I, you've answered that. You you say the CEO stuff. You think you've got that. You can handle that and do it. No, well, that comes from, um, you know, and look, it's fair. It's in politics. So I was a Democratic Party chair, and I was the only one that I ever know of that worked uh, full time. You know, that that became mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. And um, we were about $80,000 in the hole. We owed back taxes. We had one employee and a half another employee. And when I left, we had 14 employees in a $1.4 million budget. I worked, but I also hired great people. But I left. I was elected to the Senate, and I left with a year on my term Mm -hmm. because I I needed to concentrate on the Senate. So they said, well, you're a quitter. The next time I quit, that they're using against me, I sat down with Mayor Biskupski then, and I, we had had a phone conversation, and I said, I'm running, Jackie, and I announced I'm running. And she said, let's get together and talk, and only one of us should be in this race. And I said, okay, Jackie, you know, mm-hmm. let's talk. So we met at a coffee shop. I gave her a poll which showed me way ahead. This is when Ralph was the mayor. Mm-hmm. And I thought that she'd say, well, yeah, you're right. So only one of us should run, and it ought to be you. You're way ahead in the poll. She said, one of us needs to run, and I don't care about the poll. I'm running, so you need to get out. And I thought, well, and she said, you know, look, you're already a senator and blah, blah, blah. And so I thought about it for Throw a few days. Throw me a days. bone, Jim. <laughs> and, and I said, all right, Jackie, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. get out. I'll stay in the Senate. We'll do it. So that's where this kind of hang on of you know he's not really into it or he's gonna quit or whatever i i'm happy with those decisions i think i made the right decisions and anybody that's been around me in my private life in my um, my public service life in my political life it's hard to find somebody who has more breakfasts earlier than i do (laughs) a couple of quick questions before we uh, finish up here uh you posed a really uh, great question uh, that a lady in a store asked you, uh, she said, given the current president of the United States, if he were to come to Salt Lake City as mayor of Salt Lake City, would you go to greet him? Would you say, no, I'm not going to go greet him, or I'm going to lead a protest against him? Um, I did a little research after this lady asked me this, and it turns out that protocol says that the mayor should greet the president of the United States at the airport. Now, this president is not popular, you may have heard, at least in Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. But I don't think you're Mr. Political. I don't think you're Mr. Democrat anymore. I think that is the duly elected president of the United States, although he didn't win the electorate. (laughs) I mean, that's not to get into. I mean, he's the the president. Mm -hmm. I think I would go there, I would be at the end of the ramp, and I would say, thank you for coming to Salt Lake City, Mr. President. And then I might grumble Mm -hmm. as I'm driving alone on the way. But 
Look, he's the president, and um, All right. I think that's what he needs All to right. be. Uh, quick question. Who do you see as your biggest uh, competitor in the race for mayor for Salt Lake? Uh, Mr. Mr. Goldberger. I mean, um, <laughs> I think his no. proposals uh, uh-huh. to... I uh, have a squad that goes around and collect all the cigarette butts. Is that's a good worthy one. of looking? You're at. right. No, look, we have terrific, tremendous people, people here. I mean, I'm. Um, if if we have two minutes, I can. Uh, David Garbett's about the smartest sure. guy. Uh, he just mm-hmm. is um, a dazzling. Mm-hmm. Great degree, smart mm-hmm. lawyer. You've got Mr. Ibarra. Mm-hmm. I've come to know David. I think he's terrific. He's outgoing. He's got a great business career. Um, he and I kind of, kind of sit together mm-hmm. and uh, have things to say. Luz is my we're sisters. Luz Escamilla. Know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we sat together for four years in the in the last row of the Senate, and we had our own little world that we would retreat you, into. You call sometimes. each other girlfriend? Or? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, she <laughs> she'd borrow my lipstick, whatever we needed. Uh, you know, terrific lady. Uh, I want to say, uh, Aaron. She's her. pretty imp- I had a talk with her recently. I just met her in a social situation. I never really talked to her. She's dazzling. Her first uh, political campaign, I was in her living room and went back and have eaten there and I followed mm-hmm. her along. She's uh, really qualified, mm-hmm. great personality. Mm-hmm. And who am I forgetting? Um, mm, oh, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. No, well, it's somebody it, who won't it, win. It, it kind of. <laughs> No, but I mean, did I catch all the? No, it's, the, uh, big it's the guy ones. with the beard. Um, um, I can't. I can picture him, but what? Abara, no. uh, Luce, um, Garbat. <sighs> yep. Uh, oh, Stan. Stan, Stan Penfold, Penfold, of course. Yeah, of course. Stan's Stan, a great guy. Great city councilman. Uh, was there during mm-hmm. the AIDS crisis as the head of the Utah AIDS Foundation. Yep. Uh, just terrific. And then there's two other people that, nice won't, guys, good luck Just to won't them. win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Jim, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I asked you to think of one uh, fact about yourself that is just kind of, uh, some unusual fact about yourself. Just some I, skill or... I, I kind of like dogs more than, and cats more than people. And okay. I, I, my... My my 14 year old uh, dog died, and oh. you know I should have just been able to shake it off, but I, you know I, I felt terrible. I went out and got a couple of new dogs to replace it, mm-hmm. little, uh, little tiny Chihuahuas, and one escaped today. And I just am oh. um, I, you know I had to cancel two meetings with donors and went and went out <laughs> driving up and down them? the street, and my. Sarah, my campaign manager, is going, look, okay, you know, the dog is important, but, you know, you got to do it. And I, that's my priorities, and that's the way I feel. And I, I just, I love animals. So, all right. May not change the world. But. Uh, good luck in uh, the race for mayor. The uh, primary is uh, August. So it's all vote by mail. So they're all going out the 23rd of July. Oh, jeez. And then and the voting closes the 13th of August. But by the 13th of August, probably 75 or 80% of the votes will yeah. already be mailed in. So yeah. look for it in the mail on right. the 24th. Uh, good luck. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I, of all the candidates for mayor, I know you the best, and, and, I, and I've always lo- loved talking to you. Well, the voice of Utah, the voice of reason. Uh, I, I just want to say that I've, I've been on the radio and on television you know, a few times over the years. Mm-hmm. There is no greater reactive audience than yours. I mean, I 
whatever, if you want to spend money or you want to go on television, you want to do whatever, you tell people on Radio From Hell uh, to do something and the response is overwhelming. Yeah, I, you've created this unbelievably loyal crowd and I know why, because you're funny. No, it's just because we, we hung around long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, thanks for taking the time, and uh, uh, good luck. It's all right. Abara's here. Come I see him, yeah. Come here, David. That's Mr. Abara. He's next. Uh, it's uh, Jim DeBacchus running for mayor. We're going to talk to... You want me to introduce him? We're going to talk to... Yeah, stay, you could stay introduce... Stay tuned for David Abara. David, you're, yes. you're coming up next. My nice to meet you. Yeah, My right. friend, Jim. We, Jim, I've met, but I've never met you. We'll sit down in just a second. All okay. right. Thank you. All it's right. really been fun. Jim DeBacchus, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Right, the uh, Let's Go Eat show continues here with another guest, a uh, political edition of the Let's Go Eat show. And again, recording here at The Daily on Main Street in downtown Salt Lake City. It's uh, 222 South Main Street. It's in the, um, I, why can't I ever think of the name of the financial guys who uh, own the whole city? Uh, you know, yeah, Goldman Sachs. It's the Goldman Sachs people. And uh, now we're going to talk to a candidate for mayor, David Ibarra. Is it Ibarra? Is that how I say it? Or Ibarra? Ibarra. Ibarra. There we go. Ibarra. Ibarra. Where, you so go. where were you born, David? I was born in Salt Lake City. Yeah? Uh, and you, uh, you, I just, you just reminded me that we actually have met a couple of times, right. and uh, your brother, uh, Mickey, right? Right. And what is Mickey doing these days? Well, Mickey's a public relations uh, company in uh, Washington, D.C., the Ibarra Strategy Group. That's right. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, uh, he was a very entertaining and smart guy. Still is, I assume. Well, my brother is definitely one of the smartest, the smartest of our family, and uh, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. I come in second. Uh, you were born here in Salt Lake and uh, uh, grew up where? And what, what well, part uh, of the- I'm born in Salt Lake, raised in Salt Lake, and raised by Salt Lake. My brother and I, Mickey, grew up in the Utah foster care system for 14 years. And, and from that experience, while it's not always fun being on the outside looking yeah. in, but you gain a, a, a compassion for passion, inclusion, and fairness for everybody. And, and I think that was one of the best lessons I've ever learned because it stayed with me. Everybody's feeling something and ought to be included. I, and I, if, it's, if it's too personal, you don't have to answer. But I, how did you end up in the foster well, system? Like? Or is it not yeah. pertinent? No, really? no, no. I, 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 uh, uh, I, I definitely could share that. My, 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 my father uh, came to the United States as a Zapotec uh, Mexican Indian mm-hmm. at 15 years old to pick fruit in Spanish Fork, Utah. Mm. He married a uh, young, white Mormon girl. And this is in the 50s. And my father's pretty, very dark. Pretty my controversial. Very, yes. Yeah. And, and, and the inevitable occurred. They got divorced. My father had uh, registered for the draft. He got drafted. And my mom uh, uh, just felt that it would be better to uh, uh, turn us over to the uh, Utah foster care uh, system and then uh, uh, disconnect. Uh, we reconnected when I was about 15. And today, um, I take care of my mother. That's lovely. And your father, what, what happened? Is he gone? Is he gone? Well, my dad, it's, I'll tell you what, my dad taught me. My dad was so proud. Yeah. working uh, he was uh, he went from the fields to the Kennecat copper mine was the uh, uh, on the powder gang uh, became uh, uh, took the GI bill and went to college 
not uh, the University of Utah or Salt Lake Community. He went to the Hollywood Beauty College, huh? became a hairdresser. So really? he, he went from uh, uh, bombs to bangs. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And uh, he had a sense of style, I take it. Oh, my dad was, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, dad passed away about a year ago. Mm. And I tell you what I think about him every day. Yeah. Sharp, sharp. He was my hero. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about being the mayor. Well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, your, we know your background now, born mm-hmm. in Salt Lake. Uh, and it said in just a little quick bio I read that you uh, you own seven different companies, uh, mm-hmm. insurance, uh, brokerage firms. Uh, uh, there was a oh, software company and a, right. and a learning center, which I don't right. know what that means. Mm-hmm. Is a, you own a, a private school of some sort? Or? No, what it is is that uh, I've zeroed in on... All, everything that we do is centered around the development of an adult, somebody who has a job. When you think about it, the majority of people working don't like what they're doing. That, and, if you're, that, and, yeah. and if you don't like going to work every day, it's like you're, you're committing spiritual suicide. This is what I tell my kids all yeah. the time. Got to love what you're doing. So mm-hmm. we spend time on any, every, it is how do you get the most out of your life as an adult? We sometimes forget about our adults. Our adults are parents. There's they're the residents there. Uh, and, 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 and I just have this crazy notion that we can change the world by making every individual enjoy living within. It. And that's what all of our companies are dedicated to do. Yeah. I uh, uh, also uh, centered my life around a I was given a book by uh, I started as a dishwasher at 18 at a Marriott restaurant Ooh. and uh, uh, I, I was lucky enough to meet the uh, founder of the restaurant that had been merged with Marriott, Bob Farrell. And he gave me a book called Think and Grow Rich by Dr. Napoleon well, Hill. I've heard of that book, yeah. And I now am the proud owner of the rights to Think and Grow Rich <laughs> for uh, Latin America, Central America, and the Latin Caribbean, where we do seminars. And, and uh, that has to do with two of our businesses in uh, the Americas. And then I own a software development company that builds the software to, for adults to use to create success habits and replace non-success habits. That's what I do. It sounds to me like I could use some of that. <laughs> well, I do personal uh, uh, coaching. Do you? Are I you a life coach? Do. Yeah, well. Well, I've done over a thousand, but I do something really different is that uh, around uh, 1999, I got thinking, I've learned a lot. How can I give it back? So I've done over a thousand personal coaching at no charge. I call it time tithing. That's what I do on Sundays. And uh, I started my foundation in 2004. I put 89 uh, kids through college uh, on my dime. And uh, those are two things I'm really proud of. And now, as I look to the fourth quarter of my career, what could I do? I've resigned from my uh, positions as CEO and president. Mm -hmm. And I want to take what I've learned and offer it to the city in, in, in problem solving and gaining the discipline to get things done and changing our culture for our associates of this city that, in, that empowers them to really enjoy serving the residents of Salt Lake I, I think you, I mean, I think you've answered the question I was going to ask, and that's why you want to be the mayor mm-hmm. of Salt Lake. What, so what is the biggest, as you, as you, as you look and try and look at the... The hardest thing is to look at something as yes. a whole. Mm-hmm. So as you look at the whole of what's facing Salt Lake today, what are, what are, the, what are the biggest challenges or one okay. big challenge? Perfect. Well, uh, one of the things that I do as a performance coach is you, you, is, you, is you look at more than one thing at a time. For instance, 
homeless, affordable housing, transportation, right. environment, and a shrinking sales tax collection, which is shrinking our budget. All of those things are connected horizontally. So everything you do with one is affecting the other. I think our real key is our affordable housing. It affects all of them. And when I say that, you know, you, you, you look at the city's plan, which is grand, no doubt about it, but it says there's a gap of 7,500. But 200,000 people leave this city every night and come back every morning. Mm -hmm. And 40% want to live here but can't because it's not affordable. If we reduce that drive time and that hour to 45 minutes that you spend in your car both ways, what kind of livable experience would that do? What kind of stuff would, uh, toxins would it take out of the air? And it would boast our local businesses and we'd have more transaction to bolster our Sales budget. Tax. So yeah. everything's connected. So, so what, uh, but how, so how do you, I mean, there are apartment buildings yes. going up everywhere. There's, yes. They're sprouting like mushrooms yes. all over the city. Yes. In places that doesn't look yes. like there should be apartment yes. buildings. Mm -hmm. Are those those are not necessarily going to be affordable apartments? Well, How do you make for affordable? The fact of the matter is, they're not affordable, and we have a ninety six percent occupancy rate. And it, it, when you call to inquire about rent, it changes every day because it changes based on the occupancy uh, occupancy rate. Mm -hmm. What we got to talk about is affordable housing, and that's workforce. Housing. That's that. Those are the kind of neighbors that everybody wants. And as we look, we need to change some zoning, because our millennials they want to live in the city, work in the city, mm -hmm. and play in the city, mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily want a car. Now, if you could build the 400 square foot, 500 micro apartment like in Manhattan, and we had an ordinance uh, or a zoning law change to where you did you, you guaranteed you weren't going to have a car, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you can have something in the seven eight hundred dollar range. And if you didn't have a car, you'd cut your budget by six to seven hundred. Now all of a sudden you got a livable experience. That's a it's a it's a clever good idea I think. And those just very, you don't need something big and and you don't need a big car. Yes. And you have to I guess certify every year to keep qualifying for yes. the for the seven hundred dollar yes. a month thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and and the fact of the matter in business, in uh, uh, and, and as a performance coach, I ask everybody that I work with, identify a need, and fill that need, and you're doing something for every for, for the guest you serve. And guess what? There is a return on investment for you as well, and there ought not be nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I yell on the radio sometimes about uh, transportation in Salt Lake, and right. I and I and I say uh, public transportation should be free. Yes, it, the tracks and the buses, yeah. it should just be free. Yeah, and and people push back against that mm -hmm. and say, well, you don't understand. It yeah. costs money to run yeah. them, and da, da da da. I said, you know, well figure out a way to do it. I'm not the smart guy yeah. who can figure out a way to do it, but we need to figure out a way to make that free. Well, Could it be done? Well, I, I, I would say this. It is, it is nothing's free. Uh, if we looked at uh, changing that, it would be about a $53 million reduction to UTA. Mm -hmm. and, and what I would rather say, maybe a little different outcome is, mm -hmm. if that if we move people where they don't need the transit taking them from the suburbs to the city, mm -hmm. that, that, that 
I would like to to look towards. We've already built the bicycles and the scooters and the and the pedestrian lanes. What we need now need to do is to go a circle around the city, maybe a six mile radius, and put the autonomous electric car system that is almost ready to go. That would be about a dollar and a half a day. And 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 through your uh, smartphone, I'm at this grid. Pick me up. Mm-hmm. I'm only one. The car has sensors. It knows it has two seats. And moving from sector to sector to sector to walkable is we should look to a new way instead of our old way because everything should be based on time and uh, how easy it is to use because that's what the guest wants because mm-hmm. most of us don't use the bus. Yeah. No, and I, we shouldn't have to use the bus. No, no, I, you know, for instance, my schedule, I, there are no buses. Yeah. So I get up early in the morning and I have to drive to work. It's only six minutes to work, but still, if I had an electric car that would just pull up, you know, and I'd say, hop in and drive yeah, it down to work. Well, you don't drive. It's a autonomous. Oh, you do what you do. So you it you it look itself. the way our blocks are mm-hmm. and the way that the city blocks are. If you put three blocks together and called it a grid mm-hmm. and you move from one grid to the next grid and they were mm-hmm. always moving around that grid and stopped just like Uber or Lyft mm-hmm. and picked you up and moved you to the next grid to the next grid, that's doable. That is the future of the automotive industry. That's doable, and we got to not think about the way we've always done it. we got to think and make decisions around what people want, not about or around an automobile. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Uh, let's talk just quickly about the inland port. Everybody brings right. it up. Sure. Uh, it, it, well, mm-hmm. it just, just what you think about that, that whole situation. You know, if I were going to do a, an example of how not to come to a, a discussion or an agreement, the inland port would uh, fit the bill perfectly. Mm-hmm. It is an absolute mess. And the reason it's a mess, because you look at our current mayor and you look at everybody involved in the port, we should remember it wasn't that they didn't want the port, they wanted the port, City Hall, but they wanted to control the port. Then we have some bad behavior going before, and I don't know how it happened, who, who was responsible. So all of a sudden, the legislature decides, enough, I'm going to just boot our city away from the table of discussion, and we're out. What we should be doing, one, I believe in the lawsuit. We have 33% of the city of Salt Lake cannot be taken, plus 90% of the tax increment for 40 years. So we get... Ten percent—that is unthinkable. Yeah, it is. It's unthinkable. Yeah. But the port should never be built unless it is is environmentally net zero impact. Can that be done? It can. If we had the political will and the imagination to do so, probably don't. So we shouldn't. But we should never ever turn our back on upward mobility for our working class in jobs that we would say are bad jobs. Mm-hmm. Well, that job I got for $1.65 from Marriott from a dishwasher, I ended up 10 years later being the director of training for the Western United States and, and, and bought my own Marriott restaurant. It was my starting point. So I don't like it when others say, what is a good job, what is a bad job? Let me have upward mobility, mm-hmm. let me decide. Yeah. What is a good job? The the individual that wants that job. Yeah, I had I had plenty of jobs that I didn't particularly care for, but they were a means to a better job. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so, uh, who do you see maybe as your biggest 
challenge? I mean, who, you know, you got the Democratic primary, sure. got a lot of good people running yes. in that primary. Do you, do you, can you identify one or two people that you think are the... Well, the I, I, there is no doubt that uh, Jim DeBacchus will exit the primary. Uh, he's got the name recognition. I came into this uh, uh, race uh, wanting to serve. Uh, I don't care about being mayor. I want to do the job of mayor. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I have the discipline to get things done and problem solve. Now, do I believe uh, who, will, uh, who else will come out? I believe I'm going to come out of the primary. Nobody has worked like I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've started this uh, in January 15th full time. And I work 80 hours a week, and I love to talk to people. We've knocked on 59,000 homes. I've had uh, 14,000 conversations, uh, 1,400 myself. And you know what? Win or lose, I've had a great time. I know how to work, and I work 80 hours every week, and I'll be doing that regardless, whether it's being mayor <laughs> or opening up another business. Well, I've got to say, and if, you, uh, if you're listening to this and you... Uh uh, you maybe go to our website, the Let's Go Eat Show dot com. Uh, you'll see probably a picture of David Ibera. He looks, you look like a mayor. Well, thank you. You you have the I mayoral hair <laughs> about you. <laughs> well, I tell you, is that um, I worked really hard. It's, it's funny now I get criticized as uh, as being maybe uh, uh, too well to do or a little stuffy because I wear a suit. Mm. I started off my life having two pair of pants and in holy uh, socks. And then I was a dishwasher and I can remember buying suits that I'd have to put two or three together to, 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 so I didn't have to wear the same thing. Mm-hmm. So getting ready to work is a ritual for me. And mm-hmm. I walk out of my room at 7 a.m., my tie on, my suit coat on, and I'm ready to go to work. And I'll tell you what, I love what I do every day. I'll tell you, David, as ZZ Top said, everybody loves a sharp-dressed man. (laughs) (laughs) You fit the bill. Thank you. Uh, Okay, now one final question for you. Uh, And uh, and the best of luck to you. It's a pleasure to meet you, or meet you again, see you again. Uh, I asked you to think about an unusual fact about yourself, something something Mm -hmm. that people would go, what, really? Did you think of anything? Well, you know, about every 10 years, I pick something that I absolutely hate. And I decide I'm going to master something I hate. Mm-hmm. And what I hate to do is I hate to run. So about 10 years ago, I said, well, you know what I'm going to do? Since I hate to run, I'm going to run a marathon. So I registered for the uh, St. George Marathon, mm-hmm. and I ran it, and I hated it, and so I've run seven since. <laughs> and when you learn to conquer something you hate, you can do something you don't like real well. <laughs> do you continue to hate it, or now do you kind of like it? I, you know, I, I have to confess, I, I uh, don't hate it, but I don't, don't love, love it. it. No. <laughs> no, I understand. It I, hurts. I know. I trained, I trained to run a marathon some years ago, and I ran the St. George Marathon. Oh, great. And when I was in my uh, mid-30s, mm-hmm. and uh, I ran the St. George Marathon and then never did it again. Remember that hill? That was 1.6 miles, mm-hmm. and you run it, and you think you're going to die. Yep. And then the sun comes up mm-hmm. over the red rock, yeah. and that moment, it's beautiful. you just say, wow. I mean, it was beautiful. I loved yeah. doing it uh-huh. until the last, Oh. What there's about six I, miles downhill. I cried. Is that at right? The, Isn't it about at, six? Yeah. At the end, I, 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 I got my card. I said, get me home. And if I ever say I'm going to do this again, slip my wrist for me. They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. Did and you did, it again. you did it again. Pleasure to see you. Uh, my you. best to your brother uh, next time you talk I'll, to him. I'll tell him I 
Um, I, I'll, I'll give that message to and, him. And, uh, and good luck. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and I and I hope you I well, hope you come out of the primary like you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I always enjoy your dialogue. Yeah. It is uh, insightful <laughs> and entertaining. Well, thank you. It's not always insightful. I'm not afraid to be stupid, that's for sure. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's it for David Ibarra, and thanks to Jim DeBacchus for being here earlier. We'll do more of these uh, in the next uh, week. We'll try and get everybody in before the primary. I hope we can. Uh, The Let's Go Eat show. Uh, Thanks to uh, The Daily for having us here. Uh, Thanks to the manager, Chelsea. She's great. And Ryan Lauder, who owns not only The Daily here, but the Copper Onion and uh, copper out there in sugar and uh, uh, cottonwood, the copper, uh, no, and the copper kitchen out there, I think it is. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan Lauder, great chef. Uh, and that's it. Uh, I'm Bill Allred. Thank you to Dick Clark for producing this. And uh, remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. <laughs> <laughs>